On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks losing streak has now reached five games as they lost on Friday night to the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning and last night to the Arizona Coyotes during Jonathan Taves' 1,000th game celebration at the United Center. Then Chris Vosters was named the next play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Blackhawks, succeeding the great Pat Foley. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, April 4th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first by going and following the podcast. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And you can also go and leave me a review. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then definitely be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. If you haven't gotten the memo already, folks, each and every episode from here on out going forward is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I just recently reached 100 subscribers. I greatly appreciate all the support. Let's keep boosting those numbers up. Go and smash the like button for me as well if you like what you're listening and watching today. And also be sure to go and turn on those push notifications so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. And as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And over the weekend, the Blackhawks finished up their Florida swing by taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then yesterday they returned back at home to the United Center to face off with the Arizona Coyotes, and of course, both of those games resulted in losses for the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm not going to go over the game on Friday night against Tampa Bay too much because, pure and simple, uh, the Blackhawks were just overmatched against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Uh, They actually did put up a Pretty good fight, though, early on in that contest after falling behind 2 to nothing in the first. They actually wound up tying the game before hitting the first intermission. Uh, but the rest of the way, they were just severely outplayed by a really good Tampa Bay Lightning team. Uh, I believe the Blackhawks only had 14 shots on goal in the final 40 minutes of that one, including just three in the third period when they were trying to mount together a comeback. It wasn't great, to say the least. Um, And then Brandon Hagel also goes on to add the empty netter just to add insult to injury. Vinny Hinnestroza scores against us uh, last week when the Hawks took on Buffalo. Gustav Forsling scores against us 
uh, when we played the Panthers. And then it felt only, uh, it felt like it was just, it was going to happen. I even tweeted it out the day before. I'm like, Brandon Hagel's definitely scoring a goal tomorrow, isn't he? And boom, he ends up putting the dagger in the Blackhawks, making this one a 5-2 to two final down in Tampa Bay. But then last night, the Blackhawks returned home to the United Center for Jonathan Taves' 1,000th game celebration, which, of course, his 1,000th game came on uh, last Thursday when the Hawks took on the Florida Panthers. But this was the first time that they were back in Chicago since Taves reached the milestone. Uh, and per usual from the Blackhawks, it seems they always do a good job in this department. Um, probably the best in the league at recognizing former players and their milestones and such. Um, but yeah, a really awesome video montage of Jonathan Taves going through, you know, all the great moments throughout his career. Uh, some of his top highlights, which I talked about on last Friday's episode, uh, the unbelievable goal that he scored uh, against the Colorado Avalanche in just his seventh NHL game. I was also glad that they threw in there that beautiful goal he had against the Detroit Red Wings, where he absolutely took advantage of Dan Cleary being back on defense, a forward getting caught on D for Detroit. He absolutely walks him and then goes backhand, forehand, backhand for a highlight reel goal. It was cool to see that one. Um, his goal that he scored in the outdoor game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, some of his best Stanley Cup moments. Uh, it was awesome, just and a total blast from the past, watching all those things happen. And there was also um, a ton of ex-Blackhawks that were in the building last night to help celebrate Taves reaching 1,000 NHL games. Duncan Keith was there, Brent Seabrook, Marion Hossa, Patrick Sharp, Andrew Shaw, even Corey Crawford was in attendance as well. Great to see Crow at the UC for, I believe, uh, the first time since he was traded a couple years back to the New Jersey Devils only to go on and retire just a couple of months later. Dustin Bufflin was also there. Uh, same with Adam Burrish. It was just... um a really heartfelt moment, you know, seeing all those guys back together up in the suites in the 200 level together, drinking some beers, watching the game, and just, you know, making us all reminisce over the glory days of the Chicago Blackhawks, simpler times, folks. But despite this being such an incredible occasion with so many former Blackhawks on hand, um, the Blackhawks' performance last night was far from what I think we all were hoping for against a team like Arizona. And really, it's the same storyline we've been seeing all year long. The second periods just keep giving this team nightmares for whatever reasons. Because in the first period, like we saw recently against Vegas and against Buffalo, the Hawks got off to a roaring start. They grabbed a one nothing lead just 75 seconds in the game, into the game as uh, Dylan Strome tied a career high with his 20th goal of the season and really set the tone in the early going. The Blackhawks weren't able to add to that lead in the first period, which I think was probably a mistake looking back at it. Um, but they were certainly the better team. They played with the puck far more than the Coyotes did. They had the better scoring chances. That that top line of DeBrinket, Strome, and Kane was absolutely buzzing right out of the gate. I mean, they were in complete control throughout that first period. Uh, but then came the second period, and once again, the Blackhawks just looked like a completely different team the rest of the way. And <clears throat> in the second period, 
they had a couple couple of really bad defensive breakdowns. Uh, the first was by the Jones brothers. Caleb Jones makes a really bad turnover, just kind of blindly throwing the puck around the boards. His older brother, Seth, I think, believed that Caleb was going to get the puck out of the zone, so he, he kind of cheated a little bit to help in transition. He winds up getting beat back door, and the game gets tied one-to-one. And then on the second, Jake McCabe, I mean, to be fair, McCabe was uh, at the end of like a, a two-minute shift there. Um, but even considering that, he just let Travis Boyd walk right down the middle. I really don't know what he was thinking. He didn't give Calvin DeHaan any inside support. Boyd walks literally right down Main Street. Nothing Kevin Lankinen could do. I mean, you would expect the defense to help him out there. They didn't. Uh, and just like that, halfway into the second period, there goes the Blackhawks lead thanks to a couple of bad defensive blunders. So that made it two to one Coyotes heading into the third period. And even in the third, the Blackhawks definitely did pick it up. Don't get me wrong. Um, they did go on to tie the game as well on the power play with Patrick Kane's 22nd goal of the season. Um, but I still thought it really wasn't the type of like desperation you would want to see uh, from the Blackhawks against a team like the Coyotes. And no offense to Arizona. I mean, throughout the year, they've shown that they're capable of losing to anybody, but also beating anybody. I mean, they've gone on a couple of separate hot streaks this year. Um, but on this type of night, you know, with so many legends on hand at the United Center, it's Taves' 1,000th game celebration. It, it would have been really nice to see the Blackhawks kind of take it to the Coyotes a little bit, like they did in the first period. Uh, but that didn't really happen after the opening 20 minutes. And then the game ends up going to overtime, and it was just mass chaos in the three-on-three period. A ton of back-and-forth action. Taylor Radish hits the post on one end. Uh, Arizona comes back and gets a couple of really good chances on the other side. Alex Dabrinkit actually saved a goal as the puck was trickling close to the goal line as it snuck through Lankinen. Uh, But Kevin made like three or four incredible saves to bail the Blackhawks out and to keep them alive. It, it was an awesome overtime period, but unfortunately it all kind of got ruined because Patrick Kane was called for a penalty in which he did not commit. Go back and look at the replay, folks. Patrick Kane got called for high-sticking Shane Gostaspear, but if you watched the replay, he lifted Gostaspear's stick and sh- his own stick ended up hitting him in the face. The officials unfortunately missed that part. The Blackhawks go to the penalty kill and then Arizona capitalizes on the power play. And of course, how does the game winning goal go into the back of the net? It redirects off of Jonathan Taves' skate past Kevin Lankin and Jonathan Taves winds up with the game winning goal only for the wrong team though. And the Hawks, uh, just so ironic that that's the way it ends. I feel really bad for Taser. Blackhawks just didn't live up to the expectations on on such a great night, and uh, they wind up dropping their fifth consecutive game, falling three to two to the Arizona Coyotes in overtime. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks with yet another disappointing loss last night. Coming up in just a moment, I will also get into Chris Vosters being named the new play-by-play announcer, succeeding the great Pat Foley moving forward. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, I know we're well into April now, folks, and it's 
hard to stick to that resolution, but you got to make sure if you want to get back on it, you got to make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar, delicious and healthy. And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best tasting protein bars on the market. And listen to these incredible flavors. Will you have cinnamon churro or coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie or cookies and cream? Either way you choose, Built Bar is going to make it easier to stick to that resolution because they taste so good. You're actually going to want to eat them, unlike some other protein bars, which can be chalky or dry or waxy or even just taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment two now on the show today. I also wanted to be sure to share my thoughts on Chris Vosters being named as the next play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Blackhawks during the first intermission yesterday. Finally, after, you know, the long uh, and weird, like, carousel of different play-by-play announcers over the course of the season, the Blackhawks finally came to their decision yesterday, and we now know that Vosters is going to be the one to take over for Pat Foley at the end of this year and moving forward. And in fact, the Blackhawks released their broadcast schedule uh, for their remaining, what do they got, 13 games left this year, I believe. Don't quote me on that. I believe it's 13, though. Uh, quick math here. They're 24, 35, and 11, so that's 46. They got 12 games left. So in the final 12 games, Pat Foley will only call three more, and his last one is going to come pretty soon here, folks. It's going to come on Thursday, April 14th, when the Blackhawks take on the San Jose Sharks at the United Center. And even though I have been someone to say um, for for some time now, I've said I do believe the Blackhawks need to move on from Pat Foley in the broadcast booth. With this, you know, starting to become a reality here, it's definitely very sad uh, that his time is going to come to an end. I mean, for very many of us, uh, he's really the only voice that we know calling Blackhawks games. And um, there are just so many moments that are, uh, going to have Pat Foley's voice attached to them that are going to go down in the history books. Um, like I said, I do think it's time to move into a different direction because, uh, I, I mean, honestly, let's be honest, Pat Foley, you know, I don't think he's really been on his A game for the last couple of years now. And don't get me wrong, you know, he, it's still very nostalgic when he calls Blackhawks games and he's still very good at his job. It'll hit you with an incredible call every now and then. Um, But I just, I think the biggest thing that stands out is that his knowledge of other teams isn't really uh, what it used to be, which, you know, I'm sure COVID definitely played an effect into that with the Blackhawks, you know, and the NHL only playing against intra-division teams last year. It's been a couple of years since we've seen a handful of teams across the National Hockey League. I'm sure that played a factor into Pat not really being as knowledgeable with the opposing teams as he's been in the past. 
Um, so I, that's that's the only reason why I think it, it's kind of time. Like we hear Pat have blunders all the time. He doesn't really like he calls people by the wrong names, even Blackhawks. I mean, I remember one time he said, here comes Lankanen skating up the ice. And it was like, Lankanen's a net bud. Um, but with that being said, don't get me wrong. I love Pat Foley. He's going to be my play-by-play announcer throughout probably my remain, unless Chris Vosters is that darn good, which he could be. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but Pat Foley is always going to be, in my mind, the best play-by-play announcer the Blackhawks have ever had and one of the best in the league. Um, so it, it's definitely still going to be sad to see the great Pat Foley go. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to be as hurt as anybody about it. Um, as I said, only three calls left with Pat Foley having the honors in the broadcast booth. And one of those, by the way, Blackhawks fans, is going to be alongside Dale Talon, the former general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks and the Florida Panthers, and also a former broadcaster back in the day as well. So that'll certainly be a fun call to tune into as it's been quite a while since uh, we saw Pat and Dale together in the booth. That's going to be a can't miss moment coming up for the Blackhawks. Uh, but getting into some thoughts on Chris Vosters. First and foremost, I want to congratulate Chris for being named the next man up after the great Pat Foley. He's got some big shoes to fill. Um, but from all accounts, Foster seems like a really good guy, uh, very humble, and just well-deserving of this opportunity. To be honest, he, he wasn't my favorite choice of the bunch. I personally would have liked the Blackhawks to go with Steven Nelson. I just thought he was kind of the best natural fit and was uh, – you know, just just the most comfortable in that role. I thought like he came in immediately and didn't skip a beat. But I do see why the Blackhawks wanted to go with Vosters. I mean, he's got a great voice. Um, he's always seems to be really comfortable and, you know, relaxed and meshes well with his broadcast partners, whoever they may be, especially when it's him and Colby. They're just kind of like throwing jabs at each other throughout the entire game. It makes for a pretty funny call. Um, and uh, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me about Vosters, um, you know, while it's known that he's just kind of really getting his feet wet in the game of hockey, which some may use as a knock against him, I do understand that. But to me, for how good he already is at the job, like I said, he wasn't my personal favorite, but he was right there in the front runners for me, along with Jason Ross. I think it was pretty evident that those three were the top choices for the Blackhawks moving forward. Um, so while, you know, <clears throat> to me, while he's just starting, like I said, just starting to really get into the game of hockey for how good he already is. Um, and also he's really only just beginning to learn about the team as well. So I think that also shows like how much room he still has to improve, which is saying something when he's already pretty darn good. So um I do think he needs to work overall on like his call when someone scores a goal. I think it's been a little bit flat, but again, he's got a great voice. He can clearly handle the play-by-play duties as we've seen throughout numerous occasions uh, over the course of the season. He, he can handle the play-by-play duties. He knows what he's doing calling play-by-play, and the only knocks are really things that he can work on. So uh, again, while he may not have been my favorite choice, like I said, I also really liked what I've heard from Jason Ross this year as well. And I met Jason at one of the Blackhawks practices recently. He's a great dude. So I hope they'll be keeping him around in some capacity or 
you know, he'll find another major role with another NHL franchise because he sounded really great when he called a few Blackhawks games this season. Um, but I think, it, like I said, I think it was pretty clear that those were the top choices. Um, and also, I thought it was really cool to see um, Fosters get that warm welcome from both Pat and Eddie Olchek yesterday, you know, along with a bunch of other Blackhawks folks, Pat Boyle, uh, Colby Cohen. It seemed like it was, you know, all in all, it was just a really nostalgic night. Like there was a lot going on at the United Center. Would have been nice if the Blackhawks were able to uh, squeak out a win against the Coyotes. Um, and overall, I hope Blackhawks fans give Chris Vosters a chance. Like it's such a, it's such big shoes to fill. Obviously, Pat Foley's been here forever, and so many people love him across the Chicagoland area. And if you have a problem with Chris Vosters, I really hope you just give him an opportunity to really get into a rhythm here and start being consistently around the team. That'll definitely only help him gain more and more knowledge, not only about the sport, but about the Blackhawks organization and what they want to do and uh, each of their players and whatnot. So I really hope everybody gives him a chance because I think he has the capability of being really good. Like I said, the only things that I think he's struggled with are things that he can definitely improve upon. So um, one last time, just want to congratulate Chris Vosters for earning the job as the next play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Blackhawks. And also, one last important tidbit, Blackhawks fans, uh, based on the comments that Eddie O made last night, it sure doesn't sound like he's going to be anywhere moving forward. And actually, we heard from Jamie Faulkner earlier this morning that um, they do plan on re-signing Eddie Olchek to a contract. And it really, you know, Eddie made it seem that way last night uh, when he was talking to Vosters, he was talking to him about like his beverage of choice when they go on the road, what kind of meals he likes and yada, yada, yada. So uh, definitely a nice relief to know that Eddie Olchek isn't going to be out, uh, going to be out of his way on the Blackhawks broadcast booth. And it sounds like that is going to be the duo for the Blackhawks, not only in the final games of this season, but also moving forward into next year, Eddie Olchek and Chris Vosters will be in the Blackhawks broadcast booth. All right, there are my thoughts on Vosters being named the next play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Blackhawks. Coming up in just a minute, it's time to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as college basketball's championship game is finally upon us. We got Kansas and North Carolina tonight, and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props, and even future bets on where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just basketball. From the NHL, UFC, and boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three, before I wrap things up today, I also still have to get into our Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. The first question 
I wanted to answer this morning comes from at Captain Crommy262 on Twitter, who seems to always be a part of these Mailbag Monday fan segments. Uh, Joe, I greatly appreciate all your support and reaching out, asking your question. Captain Crommy, Joe Cromwell, on Twitter asked, the Blackhawks are playing King out of contention for the head coaching job, right? Yeah, it's definitely been tough. And I think the biggest thing that stands out is just this team's inability to play a complete 60-minute game. I mean, we see spurts of this team, this team even hanging with some of the best in the NHL. Like, even though the Blackhawks got outplayed in that first period against Tampa Bay, it was 2-2 two to two after 20 minutes. Against a good team like Vegas, the Blackhawks were up 3 to nothing going into the third. They've also had some close games against the Colorado Avalanche this year. Even their loss to the Panthers, even though they got shut out 4 nothing, they really played pretty darn well in that one. But the biggest issue that I've had is they're not able to keep that up over the course of the game. And since Derek King's been here, the second period has been atrocious, and the Blackhawks just can't seem to have the same energy that they do over the course of the game uh, as they do right out of the gate. It's been really frustrating. So. But with that being said, it's interesting because clearly this is going to be an elongated process for the Blackhawks, right? And I really don't expect Kyle Davidson to be in any sort of rush moving forward. So with that being said, I don't think Derek King is the long-term answer as head coach, but I do think there's a chance they bring him back for maybe next year because he is a really good guy in terms of, you know, keeping things light, making sure the players have fun. He's a great quote to the media. Just seems very relaxed and like a true player's coach. And I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world to have next year again behind the bench when the Blackhawks probably aren't going to be competing. At least that's certainly the expectation for next year in the NHL. You never know. Crazy things can happen in this game. Um, But that's going to be very interesting, whether or not they – just want to kind of cut ties right now with him in terms of the head coach. I do wonder if they want to bring him back in some capacity, shape, or form, or maybe have him help back out in Rockford once again. But I definitely think he's not going to be the long-term answer for the Blackhawks behind the bench. Uh, But it should be – I'm very curious to see what the Blackhawks are going to do in the offseason in terms of what role they want to put him in. Are they going to let him be the head coach for another year? It's tough. I really don't know what they're going to do, but I definitely think that Derek King is not the one that Kyle Davidson is going to want to have behind the bench when the Blackhawks actually put together a competitive team, hopefully in three or four years down the road. The second question I wanted to answer today comes from Patricia Johnson, who emailed in her question over the weekend. Patricia, I appreciate you reaching out and asking your question. I greatly uh, value everyone reaching out on Mailbag Mondays. Uh, But Patricia asked, with Caleb Jones being a restricted free agent at the end of the season, you don't think the Blackhawks are going to be bringing him back, right, with all the defenseman prospects that they have in their system? I want to pull up cap friendly real quick to make sure. I'm 99.9% positive. Yeah, Caleb Jones is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season, and he has arbitration rights. So I've thought about this a little bit recently. Calvin DeHaan, even though the Blackhawks didn't trade him at the deadline, which is still leaving me scratching my head, I do think he's going to be gone at the end of this season. But I think we can still expect, obviously, Seth Jones is going to be there. Jake McCabe, I don't expect to get traded. Um, Connor Murphy, hopefully, will be back and fully healthy by the start of next year. 
Riley Stillman, I believe, is still going to be around. Eric Gustafson's as good as gone. Um, but there's still a boatload of defensemen that are trying to come up next year, such as, you know, Ian Mitchell. Uh, we've seen Alec Regula from time to time this year, Jakob Galvis. Um, there's a lot of guys down there who are who are trying to make that jump right now for the Blackhawks. Isaac Phillips, of course. Hopefully Nicholas Bodan will be able to fill, figure it out eventually. Wyatt Kalanuck's in that group as well. He's another intriguing RFA coming up this season who I do think the Blackhawks are going to bring back, but who knows with this little mini log jam that they have going on right now. But as for Caleb Jones, yeah, that's going to make for a really interesting scenario in the offseason because uh, Caleb has been a, a nice addition offensively from time to time, but defensively, he's still got ways to go. I mean, he's still young in his career, uh, under 100 NHL games, I believe, at this point. So, you know, still just kind of figuring the game out. But for him to struggle this much defensively, it's it's definitely been concerning. And I do wonder, like, if I had to guess right now, I think the Blackhawks are going to part ways with him in the offseason. But that would kind of make for an awkward scenario, obviously, with Seth being here long term. They'd probably have to have a conversation with him being like, hey, listen, we like your brother, but we just don't really have the room for him going forward. And I'm curious how Seth would feel about that. So it's a weird situation, but based uh, on a numbers basis, I just don't see how they're going to have room for Caleb Jones if they want to be giving some of these youngsters more NHL experience next year. I just don't think it would make sense to bring him back. Uh, we'll see, though, because it's undoubtedly not going to be a very hefty contract. Uh, he's probably not due for much of a raise. What does he make right now? Caleb Jones makes 850000 Like, if he gets more than a million or a million two, I'd be rather shocked. He does have arbitration rights, so can kind of haggle a little bit, but I don't think he has very much to haggle with, to be honest. So, ultimately, I, I do think Caleb Jones will probably go, but, yeah, it's going to make for some interesting conversations with his brother and, you know, how he feels about that. But he's got to understand, you know, this is a process, and. We're trying to get some of these youngsters more time. So ultimately, like I said, simply in terms of numbers, I just don't see how there would be enough room to bring a guy back like Caleb Jones next year when we have four or five defensemen all right there on the cusp of making the jump to the NHL level. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, April 4th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.